Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by the award-winning business coach, consultant, author and speaker, Paul Avins, better known to many as the grown-up business coach. Through his coaching and masterminds, Paul has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs and business owners to overcome their biggest challenges, achieve their goals, and generate hundreds of millions in additional revenue. Many of his clients have since sold their businesses for life-changing sums, giving them the time and money freedom that they wanted when they first started their businesses. Uh, so, Paul, uh, welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, fantastic. Thank you for having me. Uh, really a pleasure. And uh, looking forward to this conversation, Alexis. Fantastic. Well, let's, let's deliver a ton of value for everyone, right? Well, absolutely. And uh, we've, we've spoken many times before, and one of our biggest concerns is going to be how we're going to reduce the amount that we could cover in such a short period of time. So let's start off with a little bit about your background and, where you, uh, and how you became a business coach. Um, okay, so the short version is um, I've always kind of been fascinated by entrepreneurship um, ever since kind of growing up um, very young. My father ran businesses and various things like that. And for me, uh, I'm an entrepreneur first who also has a coaching business. So I have uh, four different businesses that I'm scaling of my own right now with different teams. So fundamentally, the, the journey to coaching was one actually through the window of personal development. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously you know, go through education, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I never did very well at school and I'll be really honest about that, transparent about that because I'm dyslexic. So I think uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, the education system doesn't really work for us because it isn't built for people whose brains are wired differently, which is what it is, right? So um, I'm a big fan and supporter of the whole campaign about uh, made by dyslexia because I think it's important we bring awareness to this that most kids and stuff aren't even tested at school for dyslexia. Um, I wasn't tested till I was 15, by which time I'd been labeled as lazy and um, uh, not paying attention, all those kind of things. And it's, it wasn't that, which is my brain learns very differently. So um, for me, uh, school is always a challenge, um, but sport became the thing for me that was the, the, the kind of, I was really passionate about teams. The whole team element became a really big part of, of what it was. And I think the goal setting in sports are always really good because like you're trying to win or you're trying to get to the next level, you're trying to get promoted or you're trying to, you know, like get up a level or win a championship. There's a, there's always some kind of goal which always kind of used to really excite me, and the whole kind of team collaboration bit was a big was a big thing as well. So you know, when I came out of school and ended up going into sort of running my own business or actually worked for my father initially, first of all, which is always interesting. I think if you've done the family business thing, you realise that Sunday lunches, if you're in a family business, are not Sunday lunches. They're board meetings in disguise, um, and that's really what they turned out to be. So you kind of go through that journey, but. Um, you know, I was involved with uh, five or six different businesses um, in my 20s, um, you know, one or two, one in particular did really well, um, seven figure exit from that. Uh, but the, the challenge with that is also had the failures, right? So like, I think 20s is trying to figure out what you're trying to do and who you're trying to be. That's really what it's about. And it, it took me a long time to be comfortable with the idea that I was actually an entrepreneur. Um, and that was and therefore failure and feedback was all part of that process, right? So um, I didn't come to the coaching industry until I was 31. Mm -hmm. So I went, uh, I just sold, um, my wife and I had set up a, a domestic cleaning business and we'd done it with 10,000 pounds on uh, debt on a credit card. So that was a business we started literally. Um, and, and I tell the story because when I started this business, we had two things. We had enough to buy 10,000 leaflets and I had, uh, shows my age, right? I'm about to date myself. Um, I had back then a CD Walkman that I used to go around with, yeah. uh, plugged in, and I used to go and deliver by hand a thousand, which used to take hours, a thousand flyers a day. 
well, I think it was 500 a day. It was a lot anyway, right? And, but I used to do that walking with, and we did it in November, in the middle of winter. Great time to start a business like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I used to go and deliver these by hand whilst listening to you know, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar, all those kind of guys. And that was how I kept my motivation up because at the time, I just, I just, you know, I was getting divorced. Um, I just lost a ton of money in another business, so like I wasn't in the best mental state. Mm-hmm. But I was like, look, the, the goal isn't whether you're winning; it's whether you keep moving forward, right? Even if moving forward is a really small step, the goal is not to win. The goal is to keep moving forward, right? But as we talk about positive progress, as long as you're making positive progress, then you will get to a destination or your destination. It's, it's when you stop, you've got real issues. Um, so yeah, so for me, I was kind of fascinated and had been since I think I went to a network marketing conference when I was 21. I got dragged to a network marketing conference and I hated the whole idea of the model at the time and the business and the products, but I loved the personal development angle of it. And that was where I got introduced to this whole idea of, listen, just because you are at a space in your life, you can learn to be better, you can grow, you can develop, you can improve yourself. And, you know, the, the thing that changed my life, the statement that completely changed my life was one of the speakers on stage said, um, if you take 10% of everything you earn for the rest of your life and invest it back in training you and realize you're the product, right? You are the product and you, therefore you want to make the product more valuable every year, spend 10% of everything you earn training and developing you. And I bought into that. That was the one thing I bought into. And I've done that for the rest of my life since then for the last 30 years. Um, and every year, you know, that's, I sit down every year and go, right, okay, great. How much is my income goal? And then take 10% of that and go, I've got that to spend on personal development. What do I want to do with it? What skills do I want to learn? Where do I want to go? What do I want to grow? And there's been times when that amount of income has been, I can just afford to buy a book a month, you know, and how I wish I was an entrepreneur starting out today because, you know, when I started, you had to buy CDs, you had to buy all that stuff, right? There wasn't YouTube, there wasn't free channels, there wasn't free podcasts like this, God. So there's no excuses to now for entrepreneurs not to know what to do because the resources are all available, right? It's the doing it consistently bit. So I came to the business coaching world because I'd sold this cleaning business with my wife. I was, uh, Sue, now my wife. Um, And honestly, we were looking for an opportunity of what to do next and went to a a franchise show. And I walked past the stand and it had all the books that I had on my bookshelf were on the stand. Think and Grow Rich, Magic of Thinking Big, uh, Unleash the Giant Within. It was always books. I was like, that's interesting. What's all that about? Um, When I chatted to the Australian lady uh, called Gail, a wonderful lady, shout out to Gail Bevan, who was my first ever coach. uh, And she, she would say, oh, this is a new franchise from Australia. It's about business coaching. And I went, what the heck is that? And she said, well, think about it. In sports, all sports people have a coach, right? You don't, very few successful athletes or teams operate without a coach. It's a critical component of a high-performing individual or high-performing team. Um, and what we're doing is bringing the same, those principles to the world of business. And I was like, sold i'm in right that was it so i became the third uh, franchise at that particular point in my journey for action coach and then i went on to win um over the five years i was in that franchise i won um three global awards two national awards two european awards um and the one i'm most proud of is the one i won for client results so i beat i beat a thousand other coaches out that year globally for the best results with clients which is my metric for whether i'm having an impact um so yeah, so I did that journey for five years before then leaving that franchise and, and going out on my own and, and teaching this whole kind of idea and principle and concept of helping people build a, what I call a grown-up business, right? So yeah, that, that's, and I've been doing that. And this year will be my fifth, uh, will be my 20th year. So yes, 20th year 
um, as of April this year. So I've been doing this for 20 years, which is unbelievable to me that I that that time has passed so quickly. It's genuinely quite incredible, like genuinely yeah, I, amazing. I think it, it is uh, incredible and amazing. And uh, I hope you'll take this the right way when I say, uh, and it shows. Um, not, in the, not in the sense that, that, that it's showing uh, physically, uh, but um, in the interactions that we've had, your speed of being able to identify um, similar examples from either your own or other businesses that you've worked with of the kind of challenges that business leaders have had and quickly identifying models that they can uh, use to, to kind of simplify the problem and as a result find the solution. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to attend one of Paul's retreats um, uh, last year in uh, Marbella and uh, absolutely fantastic experience and one of the things that just struck me throughout the whole thing is how quickly Paul uh, is able to uh, bring the, the right approach or the right model, uh, often represented through a triangle, which uh, is often a bit of a joke among Te the Yeah, or a tetrahedron, yeah. yeah. Um, Triangle's but, a tetrahedron. Yeah, but, it's, uh, but really, really powerful for cutting through all that. And one things that I also um, both saw, but actually really experienced uh, very strongly, was um, how you, uh, you, know, you really help business leaders to think about um, not just business success and so on, but achieving balance and achieving fulfillment and happiness in their lives and um, businesses. What's, the, what's kind of inspired you to, to have that angle on this industry? So like all things in life, it's usually a reflection of a personal experience or a personal learning. So um, eight, years, eight years ago, so I was 12 years into my um, business coaching career. And I think if you'd have met me then, um, a, I was a very different person, but I was very I was very materialistic at that point. I was all about the it was all about the what I call the me thinking paradigm. So it was very much about like what you know, yes, you know, what, what can I achieve? How much can I earn? How many cars can I get? All that kind of perspective. Um, and the the kind of mindset that I had at that point was that I you know, there's the phrase that says if it is to be, it's up to me, and that's actually a really dangerous and destructive thought pattern. And I think. You, you can get trapped into this mindset when you're starting a business because most people start undercapitalized. Um, they start out going, right, I don't have the money to buy talent or team, and that, so I'm just going to do it all myself. And the challenge is that becomes a really um, constraining thought process because you, 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 when you've got no money, you have to do it all yourself. So you get creative, you bootstrap it. Brilliant. But then you get into the habit of doing it all yourself and the answer just becomes, and you and I have sat in rooms where people have gone, this, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm a control freak. And I'm like, no, you just, you've become habitualized to the fact that you do it all because it worked when you started. And I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned over the last, you know, certainly the last 10 years is that um, at each level that you grow to, the strategy that got you to that level doesn't get you to the next level, right? And this is the hardest thing to understand if you've never done what we call the grown-up business journey, right? So like for me, I hit a level um, in my own business where uh, I, was, I was stressed out, I was maxed out, right? So we, at the particular time, I was um, scaling a franchise that had got into financial difficulty and trouble. So I, I was, you know, I was, I, was, I was down 120, 130,000 pounds. I had 
an insane credit card debt um, that was literally taking every penny every month just to pay the interest on it and all of these things that I'd done, you know, and it's my responsibility, right? It's like no one else's fault but my own. I hadn't understood the financials and the model I was building and therefore I hadn't realized that the more we scaled, actually the quicker the debts expanded because of the investment capital needed and I hadn't, got, I hadn't gone and raised money. So it's my first lesson in the fact that if you're going to scale something that's capital intensive, you really do need to raise money, right? That was my lesson in that one. And um, but out of that, what happened was, you know, that business failed and it got quite lit uh, litigious. Unfortunately, the franchises involved, it got quite it got quite nasty, got quite you know aggressive. Um, and I'd let my health go. Health had been a really big kind of thing that I, I just I just sacrificed. And I see this a lot with people where they go, oh, mentally, I'll trade off my health to get wealth sorted. And the reality is actually it's the other way around. It's like, it's always health before wealth, but most people make that mistake of going the other way. And the, the decision that I've made of, and it takes a while to compound, but that decision had resulted in by the August of that year, me um, having a serious asthma attack, because I'd always suffered with asthma, <laughs> and overdosing on the blue inhalers, which I didn't know you could do, and you can. You can overdose on the blue inhalers, um, which I did, and I had a panic attack, overdosed on the blue inhalers. Um, and uh, my wife called the ambulance, uh, and by the time the ambulance got to me, I was in the bathroom, and the, uh, literally the paramedic walked in as I went into cardiac arrest. So a paramedic literally jumped on, you know, jumped on top of me as, you know, that was it. My heart stopped beating right in front of my wife, right in front of my son. And I was pretty convinced, and you know, I told this story before, I was pretty convinced that that, that was it, game over. I was 41. Um, and the feedback I was getting was, you've done it all wrong, and the price you pay for getting it all wrong is, you're out of the game. You're done. This is it. Which is a really, it's, it's a very odd experience to explain, but I think for me, I was just disappointed. I was disappointed I let it get that bad. I was disappointed I hadn't seen that that would be the outcome, and I was disappointed in all the things I wanted to do in my life that I hadn't got the chance to do. So it's massive sadness. Now, thankfully for me, the paramedic, you know, worked like crazy for four and a half minutes, during which time my wife saw me go kind of pale white, or you sort of go blue, then you go white, um, that's about three or four minutes without oxygen, and then you end up going purple, and purple's just before black. And I jokingly tell the story um, that at least I was on brand if I was going to, you know, die. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> But that's not why I choose purple as a colour, by the way. But anyway, I was, it's kind of like that was the story. But after four and a half minutes, um, he, he got my heart started again. I came back, promptly threw up on him, bless him. Um, and, you know, then went off to the hospital and spent, you know, a week in recovery and, and all the tests and that stuff. Um, and, and I think that for me was what I would call a massive pattern interrupt. Um, and it, it, it made me shift my thinking. And the, the biggest shift in the thinking that happened for me at that point was, okay, I've done this all wrong. That's testing and measuring. So if we test and measure this way of doing it yourself and trying to push it all yourself and trying to do it all yourself, you tried that model and it nearly killed you, literally. Um, so let's try the model of going, rather than me thinking, let's shift it to we thinking and go, right, how do you build teams? And I kind of, I'd always been interested in building teams, but I'd never really committed to go, let's go study, let's go read, let's go talk to experts, let's go look at what... Uh, what it really takes to build a team. And the more I did that, the more I realized it's one of the single biggest sticking points for most entrepreneurs is finding talent, building a team, and becoming a leader that can go out and change an industry. 
um, as we talk about in, in my inner circle. In my inner circle is for leaders who are changing industries. That's who's attracted to it. And, you know, but it's that leadership skill. Most of us are very good at the hustle or the sales uh, or the product development as an entrepreneur. But as we grow, the skills that actually help us develop the business become management skills first, then leadership skills, and then investor skills, right? And most of us don't have those skills when we start out. And if you don't realize the skill you need at the level you're, you want to go to, then you just get stuck where you are and frustrated and not understanding why you've hit a glass ceiling, which we, we call, I call it the scale up ceiling, right? So a lot of people hit a scale up ceiling and can't understand why, because working harder doesn't get it done. Because mm -hmm. up to that point, working harder got it done. And now suddenly they only, people go, I'll work smarter, not harder. And I would say, yeah, great. Explain to me what you mean by that. And they look at me and go, um, I'd, well, yeah, because everyone's heard the soundbite. You know, it's like it's my favorite soundbite that goes around the internet. It's people saying, "Oh, work on your business, not in your business." And you go, "Great, okay, give me the five things then at this level I should be working on." And they sort of look at you, and, and I go, "See, there's a difference. You've got to know what the five things are that you should do at this level to work on your business." Likewise, when you get to a, you know, we talk about a seven-figure journey, right? Like seven figures in sales, then seven figures in profits, and then seven-figure exits. And I'm like. Until you're at 500,000 or a million, the things you do are very different between 500,000 turnover uh, and a million turnover. And the million, the million to three million is very different. And you do different things again, and you need different skills. And you work on different things. But if you don't know that, if no one's given you the map, you just try the same thing that worked to get you to half a million, which was hustle, hard work, and all those things, which is what I was doing. I tried that and tried to push it to a million doing the same thing, and it nearly, nearly killed me. And that's my passion is to stop entrepreneurs wasting, you know, what we call blood, sweat and years, right? Going through trying it and getting frustrated when actually it isn't about more. It's about the right things at the right time. You can do the right things at the wrong time and get completely killed, right? And it's as much about knowing when to do it as it is what to do. And I think very few people, you know, I've just paid attention for a lot over 19 years and gone, there's a pattern here. This, I've seen this across over 500 industries. There is a pattern. If you do this at this stage, it works. If you don't, it doesn't. If you get stuck, then you need to pivot and do this because that's what worked. And, you know, it's after 20 years, you have a level of perspective, right? You know, yeah. I've seen it enough to go, oh, that's interesting. You know, we were in a room yesterday having a conversation and lady's going, oh, I've just hired five people and it's all going crazy and it's all falling apart. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what happens when you take on five people in three months and try and scale your team fast. You don't have any of the infrastructure yet. You don't have any of the systems yet. Your life is going to be out of balance. Don't buy into the four hour work week because it's not going to happen at this stage in the journey. You're going to need to work longer hours because you're investing time, not spending time. And, and I think that shift in perspective as you start to scale up becomes something you've got to realize and understand is that where am I investing time versus where am I spending it? And most of us, when we start out, we're just spending time to get a result. And that, that's a pivotal shift in thinking. Um, but that's, that was what for me was the, the, you know, the stress got that bad that I literally nearly put myself in the ground and went right. And more, I'm on a mission now to teach people how to scale a sustainable business that gives them back the freedom they craved when they started which is why most people start businesses. They start businesses because they want more freedom and control in their life and end up giving up most of the freedom and control that they think that they wanted, right? Absolutely. And I, I love that. And I think, you know, one of the core values that um, we have across uh, our businesses, between myself and my co-founder, um, is uh, one of our uh, five core values, enjoy the journey. 
And that's a big part of that is making sure that we're not looking, we're not chasing the shiny. It's not like, oh, one day we'll be happy and successful. Instead, it's about making sure that you do it along the way. Um, as a result, that makes me, me think about what you've just said and say, well, how, um, as, as a business grows, as it goes through these stages of, of maturity and, and uh, kind of revenue and all these sorts of things, there are some critical pinch points that they hit that cause stress, whether it's yep. uh, as a result of financials or uh, not having enough time or there being mistakes or whatever it is. How, uh, in your experience, you know, what are some of those examples of those pinch points and how can a business owner reduce that stress or overcome some of those um, without having to just go, oh, well, it'll be OK when, you know, when I reach the next milestone, then I won't be stressed about number of business, uh, yeah. number of team members or then I won't be stressed about the finances. Like, how do you kind of square that circle? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think there's an interesting conversation here for us just to talk about for a second, which is what do we mean by stress? Mm -hmm. Because if some of it is growing pains and growing is stressful, right? Like it doesn't mean it's bad stress. It's like, what's the difference between positive stress and negative stress? Negative stress is pressure down on you, right? It's, it's like taking a, um, it's a good example of this, right? So negative pressure that people go, oh, so I'm stressed, right? Well, that infers negative pressure. So if you take a balloon as a human being example, and you put them under negative pressure, you, you crush the balloon, right? And then eventually the balloon bursts and you get sick or you get ill or you get, you know, get into financial difficulty, but that's negative pressure, right? Now, if, you, if you're using pressure positively, it's being used to pull you, right? It's being used to lift you up. That's yeah. what it's being used to do, right? So the whole kind of thing with this is like, you gotta look at it and go, positive pressure is a good thing. As an entrepreneur, we need it to, to scale and to grow, right? We need a level of positive pressure. When you get coaching, a coach is pulling you to be better. They're not, they're not beating you up for it. They're pulling yeah. you to a high level of performance. Now, that still creates a level of pressure, but it's not negative pressure. And stress is not, I think we've got to be very careful when you label anything as one thing, like stress is bad. Yeah, the wrong kind of stress, absolutely. If you're fighting for survival, that's stressful, that's bad. If you're stressed because you're pushing, you're pushing outside your comfort zone, it's into the growth zone, that's not necessarily bad stress, it's positive stress. Mm -hmm. And we all go through this kind of phrase, um, which is, is known as perturbation, which is the whole kind of breakdown to breakthrough, right? We need a level of stress to help us break down to shift our behavior, because if it isn't uncomfortable enough, most of us don't change. Mm -hmm. So as we start to go through the scale up journey or the grown up business journey, you know, like at the beginning, it's usually just you. So the, the challenge is going to be about prioritization and overwhelm of lots of things to do. So you're selling it, you're, you're marketing it, you're selling it, you're making it, you're shipping it, you're invoicing it and you're doing all of that. Right. So now you're wearing six hats. Um, and that's what's creating the stress because you're multitasking and trying to do everything. And normally you're either like, if you're selling loads, in which case, great. And then you've got a nightmare because every time you sell, you create a huge load of work on the back end. And suddenly you've got to go and do that. And then when you're doing that, you're not selling. And it's this seesaw effect, right? And therefore the stress becomes, you're now wearing too many hats, which is a sign that, okay, two things are going to happen. Number one, I've got to outsource some of the basic functional repetitive tasks as, as soon as possible. And second, you know, which then then goes, okay, I need to document what I'm actually doing, even if it's at a high level, a base level, just to get it started and then get out of those boxes. And then at different levels, you're going to get out of different boxes because of the stresses, depending on your profile. I would say, because, you know, I'm big on psychometrics and profiling and we use um, contribution compasses, the tool that we use for that, different profiles will experience stress from different reasons. 
And it's not as simple as just saying, oh, at this level, this will be stressful. Well, it depends on your profile, right? So like um, if you've got a, in my case, say a high activating profile, with, I'm very excited about like conversations, stuff like this, it gives me energy. But if you ask me to sit down and do finance, put pay my taxes, do all that kind of stuff, then it's going to be stressful, right? For me, because that's out of flow. And I think sometimes we've got to be very careful we don't confuse stress with a low flow activity. Because normally things that you find against your profile, you find difficult and therefore we equate to that being stressful. No, it's just that it's not your flow and your body's going, oh, this feels like it's, it's harder because, yeah, because it's, you're not, your brain isn't designed to work that way. Yeah. So, again, I think it's about understanding the signals that the brain's sending us rather than going, oh, I'm stressed. My, actually, I'm just out of flow here. This is a low flow activity for me. Actually, you know, I should at this point decide to pay someone to do that. Right. Or. Uh, I should pay someone to do the marketing because I'm not the guy that's going to test or the lady that's going to test and measure everything and I'm in the details and track every spend and do I'm not going to do that. So actually, I'd be better off if I pay I paid an agency to do that on Instagram, for example. Right. Um, so I think, again, I think you have to put the lens through this of like every entrepreneur is different. And this is why knowing your profile is such an important thing, because the team that you will need to round you will be different depending on who you are. So like as you scale, the, the most important thing you're going to do is two things, people and process, the two P's, people and process, right? So it's like, we, you know, I always talk about you, you want to manage process and lead people, okay? But if you don't understand yourself first as the owner, you don't understand what you're good at, where you contribute the most value, if you don't understand that, you don't understand who to recruit and who will contribute value to your team. And I talk about having something we call the core four and you need three to four people, but it's core four means you're covering off the four energies in the contribution compass, activating, inspiring, sustaining and refining. You can't build a business unless you've got the core four covered. Now, you can do that with three people. So you plus two others. So there's a triangle. I just had to drop that one in just right. There's a triangle. There's a three. Right. But the reality is you've got to hit the four core four energies. Now, once you know that you'll you'll go great. Everything that normally creates stress for me, actually, Leslie is brilliant at because it's her flow zone. And that's the goal is to shift stuff that's friction for you to someone else that where it's flow for them. Now, that's that's operational kind of efficiency stuff. And there are some people who are brilliant at processes with lots of refining energy. So if you haven't got processes in your business, hire somebody like that to build them all out and they'll love it. They'll crush it. They'll be 10 times better at you trying to do it. And I think this is where one of my, my pet hates is this mindset that in order to be successful, we have to be good at everything. Mm. And I think it traps people. It trapped me for years. And I think it traps people. And I think... The mindset of actually, I need to know what my superpowers are, what my unique talents are, what I'm brilliant at, and I need to do that more. And everything that isn't that, I need to give to other people. And I, and I need to be okay with the fact that they're not necessarily going to do it the way I would do it, but they're going to follow a process and get me a result, and that's what I'm paying for. And I talk about this for <laughs> Robert, do you want me to share? I created this recently to help a couple of clients. Do you want me to share this? I've not shared this. Yeah, sure, go ahead. It's called, it's called the get a grip formula. Yeah. <laughs> right so if you've got an area in your business that you're struggling with you need to get a grip and you're like yeah what does that mean right so think about it g you got to get it 80 percent done okay okay so step one is get it 80 percent done because most of us are trying to strive for to get it perfect or get it finished and actually 80 percent get it 80 percent done and then here's the second thing build reflection time in so there's this whole concept now about how the brain works called positive procrastination which is where you actually step back from something and let your brain reboot essentially 
and then come back to it. So you need to build reflection time, right? So where you go away, come back and look at it again. I mean, we've all done this, right? You ever done this? Going you go away on holiday, come back, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. go away on holiday for two weeks, walk back into your house and you'll look around your house and go, good grief, the, sh- the painting in this house is shocking. And what the hell, when did that wall become such a mess, right? Because anytime you go away and come back, you come in with a new fresh perspective. And that's why reflective time is so important, right? So you go, number one, get it 80% done. Number two, give yourself permission to go away and come back and reflect on it. So that's 24 hours minimum, walk away, come back. Number three, get input from other people. So, right, so that you, you will look at it and you will have um, a, a bias towards what you think it should be or should say or should look like. And the last 20%, the easiest way to close that gap is to get input from others, preferably people in your team who don't have your same profile necessarily or some, and that will elevate it and make it easier for you because now it's about collaboration and cooperation rather than just creation. And then the, the P is perfect it and then publish it. So like perfect it based on what the, fee, the input was from other people and then publish it. Uh, and if you do that, you'll find you, you get better output and you, you actually take the pressure off you having to be the one that does it all and go, I've got to get it to 80% and then, then I've got to give my brain time to rest and let other people give me input and input and then kind of polish it or polish it and publish it because perfect might be a bit of a trap there, but polish it and publish it. So that four step grip process is just the best thing I've been teaching my team this year. And it's already been game changing in terms of how fast we've got unstuck with things um, and how fast we've got them to market in a way that before we would have been stifling our own growth, if that makes sense. Yeah, really, really nice. Uh, love all of that. There's so much to unpack there and uh, so many different angles I could uh, go on. But because um, uh, I, I love your point around the actually um, stress isn't always bad. Um, I think that um, I'd probably argue that the challenge is when it becomes not temporary. I think the it, it's it, temporary stress, a little bit like a little bit like other negative emotions like guilt. Actually, as long as you use them to help you kind of reflect on what's wrong here. Like yeah. if it's guilt, it's like, why do I feel like I've done something wrong? Is it because I have done something wrong and I need to apologize? In the same way as I think stress can work as an alarm bell to tell you, yeah, you're, you know, you're taking on too much, you're wearing too many hats or whatever. I think the challenge, of course, happens when people aren't responding to that stress to do something about it and take away the cause and instead just sit in the cycle and think that they'll take up more, more time. So I, I, I completely... There's a difference uh, look- between stress and trauma, right? And I think sometimes, I think, I think the, the intensity of it is different between stress and trauma. Like, so when I, you know, I was stressed for months before I got seriously ill because I was keeping it all to myself. I wasn't sharing it. Um, I think that's a stress. One of the stress relievers is to talk about it with other people. Isolation is the biggest killer of dreams and businesses, right? Just is isolate yourself, try and do it all on your own. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to seek help. I'm going to do it all on my own because I'm, I've got a hero complex and I'm going to do it all on my own. That will stress you out. And the belief that, I can take this, this kind of male, you know, just, just general culture thing is like, I can just, I can take more. No, everyone has a breaking point, but actually I think it's different. It's that positive negative stress. If it's stress short term, yeah, listen, you know, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to launch something in my world. We've got uh, two masterminds launching this year. We've got two massive events. We've got a big thing we've got launching in March, big event and a big event in May that they're going to create a level of stress slash excitement because we're striving. And I think it depends what, I think it depends what the S stands for, right? If S stands for struggle, I'm struggling because I'm stressed. That's a very different energy to I'm striving and therefore I'm stressed because I'm pushing. 
if you work out, right, and you go and you're stressing the muscle, but you're doing it in an intentional way to help it grow, that's a different thing. But you're striving to get fitter and you're normally doing it in a way that is controlled, right? If you go in and just, and just go, I'm just going to carry 3,000 pounds for an hour, it's like you'll break your body, right? So it's like it's about being controlled. And I think it depends what the S stands for. I think if you're struggling with something and it's going on and on and on, and then that's not healthy, that's the negative pressure. But I also think, going back to your question here, which is at different levels, at different levels, there's different devils, right? So a new level, new devil, always, right? So like, if you, you know, getting to your first 100,000 is usually, is usually all about you hustling like crazy and trying to sell something and figure out whether you can sell it. And, you know, I've, rate, I've, done, I've done businesses with money in the bank, 5 million raised capital, I've done it with no money and credit card debt, and it's a lot easier to do it with money in the bank. Most people are undercapitalized. That's the, actually the real issue as to why they're stressed is they're doing it where they don't have enough savings and therefore if the business doesn't work out quickly enough, which nine times out of 10 it doesn't, right? Your first year is just figuring out what the heck this thing is. Like, but if you've got a mortgage pressure and you've got, because you didn't put enough money in the bank before you launched it, so now you're under pressure to survive, if it's that stress from survival, yeah, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to be negative, right? It's, it's definitely going to be negative. Whereas I think as you start to grow, the stress becomes more about skill. So that's, so the stress is a warning sign that you don't have the skill yet. Yeah, agreed. And I think that's the shift in perspective for me. It's like, right, if I'm stressed about something, stressed about leads, don't have enough leads in my business. Okay, so where's the gift? Where's the opportunity? The stress isn't leads, the, 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 the symptom of that, or the thing that cures it is you don't have the skill of marketing yet in your business. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you need to learn it, although it would be really sensible for you to, or you need to hire somebody who's gonna come in and remove that, that as a friction point in your business and remove that stress because they have the skill. So nine times out of 10, you can remove the stress by hiring the skill or developing the skill because it's a lack of that that causes the stress. Don't think I've ever said it like that, but I think that, that that's that's how I, where I would recognize it, right? No, I, I, lo I love that. I completely agree. I think, um, uh, and particularly, as you say, as you grow, it becomes more skill gaps. And whether it, it, an example there of bringing in leads by bringing in someone who can do the marketing for you, and then you have similar parts, of the, different parts of the business that uh, cause different stresses and you realize that you need to address. And then of course, quickly you get to a point where managing and supporting communication, uh, it becomes the new stress and the new problem. And it's just, yeah, they're just warning signs of this is what you next need to learn. Yeah. Uh, and as you've identified before, it's, uh, there's never been more opportunities to, to get that information either through free sources, but I, uh, I think both of us have benefited hugely over the years from masterminding, coaching, yeah. etc., from learning from others that have kind of experienced those problems before you, or as you say, have got just different profiles, different experiences, different skill sets. Yeah. So for you, a problem that is really painful and stressful is something they go, actually, that's, that's really easy to solve. Um, and it's one of the things I love about always talking with you, Paul, is you've uh, always had an experience either yourself or another business owner um, of those sorts of problems. So um, we're timing out. So uh, how can people that's learn That's crazy, more? man. That's, that's mad if it's gone that fast, right? That's I know, I really promised mad. it would. And there's so much more we could cover. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you back and do another episode. That's oh, been a pleasure, there's, man. There's, uh, there's already 10 different rabbit holes I'd happily <laughs> like exploded. But um, uh, how can people learn more and connect with you? 
Um, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the best way to connect with me is obviously go, I'd suggest a couple of platforms. Number one, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn every day. I post content on there, share what I'm up to in, in the world with that. Um, if they're particularly interested and they want to get access to a whole bunch more of my training for, for free, then go to grownupbusinessacademy.com. Um, you can get uh, a month's worth of completely free training worth £10,000. Um, on there, I'll actually put you into one of my coaching communities um, online and you can access that for free for a month and go in and take three completely different courses all built around this whole principle of level up, team up, scale up, which we didn't even talk about this time, which is kind of the grown up business formula. So there's 10,000 pounds worth of free training in there because I'm about helping people get results um, and build sustainable businesses and I have a passion for helping people do that and there's only so many people I can coach through masterminds. So we've created this online community called the Grown Up Business Academy. So if you go to that, URL. Um, you can register for free, take it and then have a free month's free training completely on me. Uh, or go to paulavins.com uh, if you just want to find out more about me, my background, how we help entrepreneurs um, to create you know, seven figures in revenue sales and seven figure exits. So yeah, but can, I'd love to connect with people. It's my, my passion is to just share. I think you said it earlier. One of the things I try really hard to do is somebody once said to me, any idiot can make it complicated. The skill is to make it simple. And, and I'm trying to distill business down into a way that it's simple enough for people to go, oh, if so, if I just do those three things, that will solve it. Exactly. Just do those. All right, okay, I can do that because otherwise it's overwhelming. And I think overwhelm is probably the thing that creates more stress for more entrepreneurs than anything else when they think they have to do everything immediately. And that's, you know, going back to the whole title of your show and everything is about overwhelm is the biggest thing that stresses most people out so if you can distill it down and go nah just do this this and this then you're going to be more successful fantastic that's fantastic uh, yeah absolutely love that thank you very much paul great summary and thanks so much for joining me that's oh, pleasure great thank you for having me on i really appreciate being on the show it's been amazing Brilliant. No, it's been really, really good. So, uh, and for those that have been tuning in regularly, uh, you'll also know that we run a weekly webinar series, which is not to miss. We dive into the topic of uh, freeing up 15 hours per week whilst also reducing the stress of running a business, avoiding that overwhelm, as Paul said, uh, all without hindering growth. Uh, join us live to get value, uh, valuable insights and strategies. Uh, to do so, just visit www.airmania.co forward slash webinar for more information and to register for the next one. Uh, but before we wrap up, I just want to extend a huge gratitude to all of our listeners, particularly those of you who have taken the time to provide reviews and share our podcast with others. Um, we've been delighted with the response. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, as a new podcast, your support is crucial in helping us reach a wider audience. So uh, if you found today's episode to be valuable uh, and you haven't yet done so, please uh, do leave us an honest review. We'd really uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, your feedback uh, not only helps us do more of what you found valuable, uh, but also helps other people to discover the podcast. Otherwise, until next time, have fun. <laughs>